Welcome back to the Peer Pressure Podcast. We took a bit of a break, but we're back with a bang. And there's been a lot of things going on in the world today, but one of the things that we want to focus on today is the role of a health worker in the public health sector, specifically in South Africa, because we have a very unique situation in South Africa. Mm. So 84% of the 55,5 million South Africans depend on the public health sector. Only 16% have medical aid. But at the same time, the ones on medical aid are the ones who consume 50% of the total healthcare expenditure. So with us today, we do have Sister Judiak Ranape, who is a nurse working in the public health sector at district level. Now, Sis Judiak, we do know that there are 3.4 million people on ARVs in South Africa and primary care is overwhelmed by chronic diseases. Can you tell me more? Our community healthcare centers and the community daycare centers take care of a large amount of communities who come to the primary healthcare setting to be given acute and chronic diseases as well as child and maternal health. Mm. And healthcare providers continually have to serve these increasing amounts of patients that come daily. Some of them even start coming to the facility at 3 a.m. in the morning for them to actually spend an entire day in the facility where the healthcare provider should actually turn them away and say there are no medication or there is a shortage of staff or there is a shortage of utensils or equipment that's supposed to be used. Mm. Healthcare providers' morale is completely uh, down and they are not coping. Communities are also upset because they are not getting all the services that they actually need. And the, the community and the healthcare services are actually being failed at the same time because we are not reaching anybody that can support from either the healthcare sector side management to support the staff or communities to actually get the quality care that they actually require and that they have a right for. Shlanga, would you like to? Yeah, no, I think what uh, Judy is raising uh, presents a lot of challenges Mm. for for all of us, especially for us as activists working on health equity. Mm. Because what it says to me is that as a society, we are actually entrenching the commodification of healthcare. Mm. Because in the dire situation of the health system, of the public health system, means that everyone will want to access private health care. So therefore, there's no, we do not interrogate the negative impact of that situation because we would rather do that than access public health care. Sure. Kanisa. Um, so for me, I think in, in both instances with Judy and Watlanga is saying, it's, it's not just the commodification of health care, it's the fact that we are constantly looking at the patient, looking at the client. And and it's often needs that who cares for the healthcare worker? Because if people are gonna show up there at three o'clock in the morning and the healthcare worker has to tell them, Guzi, there's no meds. The person's looking at the nurse and going, they don't want to give me medication. And I've been here since 3 a.m. Nobody's thinking about the systems that are firstly overwhelming the nurse and secondary to that who are not providing medication and so for me i'm thinking really then if you are 
a person who's a patient in the system, you want to buy healthcare. But then in the same breath, mm. Sister Judia goes home, not only tired from servicing, but overburdened by all the negativity that you see everywhere when we talk about nurses. And that's really sad. Um, I mean, there are stats that says in Africa, we have less than one health worker per thousand people. Sure. Whereas in Europe, it's 10 health workers per thousand people. And then again, in South Africa, there's another layer of inequality and inequity where there's an unequal distribution of health professionals. Mm. And like you said, staff shortages result in mental and physical exhaustion mm. and the health of the health worker deteriorates. Don't you agree, Nomfundo? Um, thank you so much, um, Asita. I think just hearing um, the ladies breathe into the situation, for me, I feel the victimization of healthcare workers, mm. especially in rural communities, because people have this misunderstanding that it's the nurse who's saying there's no pills. Mm. It's not the administration's fault or the, the bigger picture. Mm. So she goes home, um, he or she goes home to, to a place where she's not protected mm. because now she's being victimized because of not providing a service. So when, how do we then bridge this gap of informing communities that it's not the healthcare workers that are, are actually contributing, they are trying to assist. Because if you are dealing with patients from as early as seven o'clock in the morning, you're a breadwinner at home, you're exhausted from your own personal problems, then how can we as the community teach patients to start treating healthcare workers with positivity mm. and start addressing these issues in a more practical way because that violence is not working. Mm. So that's mm. just my thoughts. So like I, 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 I couldn't agree with all of you more, but I think like for, for me, without addressing the historical dysfunction of the healthcare system, mm. which we already know that there are so few healthcare facilities, mm. the healthcare facilities are only dwindling, healthcare workers are being laid off, Baraguana Hospital anyway, at the moment um, is going through this, uh, uh, the recent protest that they had this week. Um, the fact that 800 workers are going to be laid off in the coming month and just looking at how Charlotte Matreke hasn't been sorted out after that burning, mm -hmm. after the fire that happened, looking at, at, at um, the fact that Baraguanath Hospital has 2,800 beds um, and the healthcare worker ratio like you were talking about earlier uh, Aziza around uh, the ratio of how many healthcare workers there are to, to, to the amount of patients. And yet government just seems to be shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. If we're looking at every other social service, if we're looking at, for instance, um, uh, uh, police um, visibility, yeah. we have less policemen on the ground, yeah. right? We only have 1,000, something like 1,200, somewhere there. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. But, <laughs> but, it's, but it's very few police stations that we have. And the resources are getting are shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And when we look at what are the root causes of this, we can look no further than austerity measures. Yeah. And government is hiding these, 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 um, the, 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 the thought of austerity measures um, in the language that they're using. So healthcare workers are not going to be paid. We were talking earlier around... Um, around the fact that uh, increases are not going to be given to, to public servants. Yeah. Juliette, you were talking about that earlier. Please tell us more around um, uh, the, this, the, the new constitutional court ruling. 
Two, I should actually start with the fact that be, even before the Constitutional Court ruling, there were performance appraisals that were actually given to the nurses who actually perform, and they would give them uh, maybe a little bit of a raise at every at the end of every financial year. All that was actually withdrawn. So healthcare workers or nurses actually go to work now. Uh, that hope is actually gone. Mm. And the last little bit of hope that we had was we knew that after every three years we were, would actually get that one percent increase and maybe we would actually get that amount of remuneration that was promised mm. according to what the unions were actually fighting fighting for mm. and uh, um it was actually before COVID, mm. they actually toyed with this whole thing that let's go on with negotiations and let, let's keep it to a hold and let the nurses come to the forefront. And a whole lot of healthcare workers were in the face of COVID. Hundreds and thousands of nurses actually died in the face of COVID. And in, during that time, we were of the hope that negotiations are going. We will get our increase. Mm. And we didn't get it. Now COVID is gone. It's all died down. Numbers are coming down. And suddenly we are hit with this bad news that government is actually clapping hands the the, the the governing party is clapping hands because they are saved they will not have to honor the three-year deal that they had to actually give healthcare providers um their uh, bonuses so you can imagine the morale has gone down the hope that we had has actually gone down and we are actually expected every day to go out there and provide quality care which is actually not fair. And we can hear the passion in your voice, Sis Judiak. We know that you are passionate about what you do and mm. you want to make a difference in the public sector. But there's only so much that you can handle. I mean, especially because it's felt at nursing level, staff mm. shortages, because the nurses are at the front line mm. and the core of the public health system. And, um, you know, we, I would like to hear a bit from Shlanga and Nomfundo as well. Um, and Paul, would you like to add as well, Shlanga? Yeah, I think what Mumfundo said that the system is violent towards mm. the healthcare workers, mm. and what Judy just said to us demonstrates that very clearly. Mm. We all applauded the health care workers, you know, just the dedication, the risk that they took. But this is how the system thanks them, mm. you know. So for it's 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 a clearly violent system, and I think for 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 us to expect them to deliver a high level of care. To the patients when they are also being victimized i think we are expecting too much mm. i think for me what's important is also for us to join the dots yes you know as ivana talked about the austerity measures you know and all of those things how do we join the dots because it's not just one thing mm. you know it's about preserving a system that is unjust Thank you, Tlanga. And then just before we move on to Nofundo, I would like Ivana to maybe tell us, like, just clarify what austerity is and what it means for South Africa or the global South, per se. So I think the, 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 the important thing to understand about austerity is that austerity is an economic policy, right? It's a set of economic policies. So what does that mean? <laughs> when we borrow money from the World Bank and from the IMF, they ask us to to reduce on public spending mm. right so public spending would be all our social 
um, our, our social institutions would have to reduce their spending yeah. so that we can pay back that money, mm -hmm. which means increasing taxes, which means um, uh, uh, spending cuts throughout all, all of government spending, right. which means less money for healthcare workers, which means less money for educators, which means less money for the people who are doing the work on the ground and the women on the ground who are mostly i mean the the women who are carrying the healthcare system at the moment right. are the ones that bear the brunt of it i mean we looked at at, at the daily maverick uh, um, uh, had a title this week around how nurses had to pay had to pull money to buy, buy bread, bread for mm. patients at Baraguana hospital yes. doctors are taking out money to buy globes for hospitals i mean this is just a classic case of how austerity impacts on a daily worker mm. on, on the nurses on the backs of women mm. of black women in this country mm. so that is what austerity is and how do we even begin to unpack what that is is going to require another podcast <laughs> <laughs> wow thanks i think the question that really stuck just listening to um mrs um, judy here is the fact that are unions doing their work mm. behind the scenes for uh, and representing yeah. healthcare workers as they should mm. um, versus v the mushrooming of nurses schools mm. and they are creating this story or narrative that there's a need for for healthcare workers while they're being laid off so what's the story here yeah. and yeah. then how can we properly start planning for human resources Personally, I just wonder, like, when we talk about austerity, like budget cuts, why are the politicians' salaries not cut? Mm -hmm. And the healthcare workers who are running the mm -hmm. show, mm -hmm. they have to live and lead, like, in a miserable way to navigate capitalism, while politicians keep buying designer bags and new cars. Mm. Good point. I, I think, for me, it, it begs the... The, the question, even the notion that people think that corruption is evictionless crime. Like there's money bags on money bags on money bags that people can actually take from and you know it has absolutely no bearing on anything else. In the interim people are losing their livelihoods. Right now the price of petrol means that the price of food is going to go up and it also means a whole other level of increase in the in the in the in the in, in the in, in the way that we live right whatever was a rand is now going to be three rand and you've got a thing where now nurses are not getting paid right um they're not getting an increase nah. but on top of the fact that they don't get an increase they have still have to buy bread for patients mm. who need to drink medication because they are frontline they see that a person cannot just indeed drink medication on an empty stomach and there's absolutely no remorse there's absolutely like it's it's almost like Somebody's put like a thick veil between people and government mm -hmm. to a point where government does not see us. We are merely a vehicle for them to get money, whether it's in loans from the IMF, Oof. whether it's taxes from us, mm -hmm. and all we get paid is or, or, literally, oh, Nessa doing so well, clap, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, you know, there is high unemployment rate, and then you turn around and give your friend <laughs> Cuba. 800 million as a friendly gift mm. on <laughs> whose pocket? <laughs> okay, uh, guys, I think we are 
discussing a very important topic today and and I'm very happy that I'm here because now I can uh, get to appreciate you know the the the, the challenges that our professional nurses go through every day working mm. with young people we hear every day how they struggle at, at 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 health facilities how they don't want to go to the clinic because of the attitude of the the nurses mm. so what we're talking about here today has a ripple effect mm. on the health of the communities that they serve mm. uh, i mean we it, it's clear they are struggling mm. and nobody cares about that mm. who, who is supposed to care government who is their employer mm. but they don't so young people going to clinics every day don't understand what we're talking about here today. Mm. All they want is they go there, they want a service because that is a government institute institution that where they must get uh, you know uh, health services, mm. and they are struggling to get that. So we need to be pushing mm. uh, as activists in the space to say how do we get uh, our government to respond, and how do we make sure that government treats our nurses in a proper way that they deserve yeah. because they are offering a very important mm. uh, service to our to our communities a lot of them work under very uh, uh, traumatizing you know conditions mm. who, who cares for them mm. who does what for them mm. and you know a lot of them i mean i've engaged with nurses who say i wake up in my own home and i have my own issues at home and I go to a, a, a to, to the clinic. Young people come with their own issues, mm. and I must deal with them. Mm. It's difficult to separate what I'm going through mm. with uh, the work that I'm doing, and that is why we continue to get complaints from 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 young people and and patients generally in our country uh, when they visit uh, healthcare facilities. Yeah, I think my, my, my frustration is also the lack of accountability. Yeah. And also going back to the points that we made around violence. Even people who are just entering into the sector, like intent doctors, you know, they are just mm -hmm. at the entry level. They get introduced to this violence that we're talking about, not having salaries paid over two months. Who gets held accountable? So for me, I'm trying to picture we have all these issues, the crisis after crisis, but we never get to a point where we can clearly understand that there's mechanisms for holding people accountable or there's mechanisms for changing systems and policies that do not work, mm -hmm. that lead to the kind of crises uh, that, that we see every day. And also accountability goes to the issues around corruption. Mm -hmm. So we will hear that there was no bread at Barra, but we will never get to a full understanding of the picture. So, and, and there's good Samaritans that are donating bread, you know, mm -hmm. but there needs to be more. There needs to be, we need to become a country that holds each other accountable. Thank you, Shlanga, about the accountability. And you're right about that part. Mm. I mean, that's something that is severely lacking because we have the Occupational Health and Safety Act that's supposed to protect these nurses. We have an amazing constitution that's supposed to protect our people. Mm. But it's just showing that the disconnect is in the accountability mm. and the actions. Mm. Sister Judy Act. On top of what you had said about the uh, occupational health and safety, the constitution that's supposed to be helping us, what Sisnom Pundo had actually said, these same unions that are actually representing us, they are deducting money from nurses' salaries every month to represent us. We have the Nursing Council, which is a governing body, a constitutional body, that's supposed to protect us nurses. 
How many times have you heard that a nurse or a doctor was raped or assaulted by patients and nothing actually happens with these? So it's all not only about the cries of not getting support, the fact that we're forking out money for someone out there to actually look out for us and these things are not happening. And it is really sad that uh, um, it affects us so badly that just even walking in the street, I mean, when I grew up uh, with my vision of wanting to become a nurse, Communities used to respect nurses. Mm. We used to walk with pride. Mm. Communities don't care for us anymore because they're blaming us mm. for a service that they are not getting, mm. that they feel that were promised, but it is actually our fault. Mm. And hence, you hear sometimes the nurses will say, Go and ask Ramaphosa mm. for this and that. It's a frustration mm. because I can only function with so little in yeah. a com- in, in a facility to actually give you the utmost care because a lot of us as much as people see us as bad people it's a calling for us nothing so calling so when i get into a facility i will do everything in my power to make sure that the patient gets the the, the care no wonder the nurses at barra are buying bread half the time we use our own cars to actually transport uh, patients to get from one facility to the next and nobody actually sees that nobody supports us nobody gives us debris mental health is going up everybody else is looking around us and yet we must continue giving the care and what is that psychosocial support right like where is the psychosocial support for the people who are on the ground who are running or who are running the country mm. at this point because and running the healthcare system and that healthcare system continues to crash and continues to, to to be violent to the patients to be violent to the to the nurses and to the doctors to be violent to the entire process of who we who we want to be mm. in this uh, in the healthcare system and health equity and how are we supposed to my, my my question to all of you right now is something that Mpo just raised what are the accountability vehicles mm. that we know of because I don't know of any yeah. what are the accountability vehicles that we can use as uh, the, 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 the um, patients are, and the recipients and beneficiaries of the healthcare system what is there for us to try and help hold people accountable, hold hospitals accountable, hold government accountable? I don't know of any. The vehicles of accountability that you speak of, um, there are measures in place, the Office of Health Standards and Compliance, the Health Professions Council of South Africa. Mm. But I don't feel like that accountability is there on that micro level where a patient seeking health care sees the health worker and the politician is far removed Mm. from the healthcare setting. And there's so much that the hospitals spend in litigation. They get sued. Mm. I think over 5 billion Mm. rand was spent in one year on litigation. I remember that, yeah. 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 And I mean, that tells us something is wrong. Mm. I mean, there's a sense sense that I'm getting that there's a level of enabling that I think as, as a people in a country, we do. I think we enable because one of course the stories of people struggling with assistance in healthcare system and in, in healthcare facilities might be true but we perpetuate those stories right the narrative becomes wider and wider about how doctors and nurses don't care yeah. right yeah. and what that does is it allows our government to 
to open the door to vilification of nurses which means they are without protection mm -hmm. so what judiac is saying around walking around with your head up high in the community and everybody's like yes nangu sister judiac no longer exists they're not protected in fact they're villains right and when sister judiac and if everybody knows they can go to sister judiac for specific things but that story will never be told enough True. right that story of all those nurses and doctors who put money so that there's lamps there's there's light in the hospitals people can get medication before they get food before they eat those stories are not going to be told enough but the government is super happy for the workers to be vilified right to be seen as people who just show up do nothing and go home and they're also very happy to pay for education that is five billion instead of making sure that that money is used not only to debrief and make sure that nurses are comfortable but also the place where people have to work because it's a place of work mm -hmm. so, having a toxic working environment where you're already dealing with ill people is really really difficult but you're happy to pay five billion in litigation mm -hmm. because anyway the story is not about you it's about them and they're the villains anyway okay it's fine let's carry on so i feel like we kind of enable because um activism is really critical um and i think the stories that we tell become really 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 important and i'm so glad we're doing this podcast because the focus on how amazing healthcare workers need mm. to really be apt because mm. they are literally are holding mm. they are carrying us literally and not just bags. not just during working hours uh, after yeah. hours yeah. so speaking of psychosocial support yeah. even if they offer it when do you get the time, time. to yeah. see yeah. it it's so yes. true no fundo I'm just listening to the conversation. I'm worried about public health service MNEs mm. because there's a every other space that deals with with human capacity. Should it be the um, public health workers or the beneficiaries? What is their consequence management plan looking like mm. at this very moment? Mm. Because it feels like it's a messed up situation. They were dreaming it on paper, but practicality. Mm. What does it look like in practicality? Because now the victimization, the commodifying, mm. and 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 is is actually it's the frontliners who are taking flack more than anybody. I think for me, one of the things that I'm just thinking about: when did we get to a place in South Africa where the voice of the workers means nothing? Mm. So. And it begs the question, whose voice is being listened to? Mm. Whose voice has the power? Mm. And my own interpretation is that capital, mm. that's the voice that matters. That is the voice that has power. Therefore, in the work and in the activism that we do, mm. you know, we can ask where are the unions, but we know the unions have been captured. You know, mm. that, that is clear. Yes. You sure. know? So therefore, let's look for other solutions. Mm. You understand, people-led mm. solutions that are going to counter the power that capital seems to have over our government. Thank you, Shlanga. And the state, I mean, the issue of capture and corruption, that's an entirely new other 10 podcasts. <laughs> right. I mean, at the core of yeah. public service is a lot of corruption. Right. And I mean, I think when we, if we'd like, like to close it, I mean, I would like to say we shouldn't be calling healthcare workers heroes. They should be compensated yeah. fairly yes. and have healthy working environments yes. so that they can keep us healthy. Right. Otherwise, it just won't work. Yeah, if we want to, if we want to to begin this process of getting better healthcare as the beneficiaries of the healthcare system, we are going to have to start advocating for the workers. Mm. 
as the beneficiaries of the healthcare system, I do not have medical aid. Mm. I am not going to go to a private hospital. Mm. So therefore, we need to fight for the people who are doing the job. Mm. We need to ensure that there are enough, not only beds, not only hospitals, but there's enough pressure on government to ensure that Charlotte Matlake is running and up and running by next year. Mm. That uh, healthcare workers that are about to be docked off, 800 healthcare workers, when, when Baraguana decides to go on strike, on a lunchtime break for just under an hour we should be there on the mm. ground with them supporting them so these are the ways the practical ways that i see myself um uh finding solutions to this put pressure apply the prayer pressure uh, yeah. I, like that. <laughs> I think for me as i'm thinking about this absolutely taking it to the streets will never grow old um, and I think to a very, to some extent, as someone who lives online, I'm finding myself having responsibility to hold this conversation even more. We need, the stories will never grow old or tired because these are lived experiences and we need to know just how badly people are affected by our attitudes, right? And also by the fact that they're not getting paid premium for a premium service. Mm. And outside of that, I'm actually finding myself thinking, hey, what does the NHI actually say about healthcare workers? Because you can't have a provision about a service and say nothing about the people providing the service. Mm -hmm. So I'm super curious and maybe we can just look into what provisions existed because I'm pretty sure since the, the, the public health system is getting so badly dysfunct, it is almost the prelude to them imposing the NHI so that we take it on. And we need to know yeah. what's detailed in there because we are going to be up Screak. Yeah. Screak. <laughs> so we you know, we I think before we close, I don't know sis Judiac, if you have anything else to say. Um and maybe Paul from your angle as well, um, you could also tell us, you know, because you work with young women and girls, you know, what their experiences are like as well. Abortion providers as well. Mm. <laughs> I just want to um for us for everybody to actually acknowledge the fact that as healthcare workers we might not be contributing directly to the economy mm. and hence maybe we are not recognized and nobody actually cares oh, my word. but we, think of that. Wow. despite the fact that we are not directly contributing if we don't make sure that we contain the mental the, the mental and the physical health of communities mm -hmm. then the economy will be affected mm. if we have so sick communities production will not happen mm. hence we are needed as mm. healthcare providers yeah. and be, we, it, this notion that we are not directly bringing money into the economy should actually fade away same applies to the teachers mm. if the teachers do not educate we have a doomed generation mm. so we need to consider those people for 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 healthcare and the whole country to can actually function. Mm. Yeah, I think we need to start uh, making our youth realize that healthcare workers, uh, nurses in particular, are there. They are trying their best, but there's no support for them. Mm. So young people must also understand, and they must also begin to engage and also support. Mm. Uh, you know our nurses because they know now complaining about attitudes without necessarily knowing what the reasons are 
you know, it's it's not going to help. So maybe we need to start uh, getting young people to also advocate for better conditions for our own, you know, uh, nurses in our in, in, in our hospitals. Because once they get it right, it means they'll get better service. Mm. Uh, but we, I, I believe that they also have a voice, nurses. Even without uh, your unions, we need to start encouraging them and showing them the support, like mm. you were saying, uh, uh, Ivana, that we understand what they're going through and they are not to be blamed. There mm. is government that needs to be blamed mm. and they must be supported in all efforts that they, that, that, that they make to, to get things right. Mm. That, that will be my take. Thank you, Mpo. So I guess what we're trying to say now is the accountability vehicles is also us showing up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's something we can do now mm. is show up. Yes. So thank you so much, Sis Judiak, for joining Peer Pressure Podcast. It was so lovely to have you. Yes. We're doing this again. <laughs>